How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, all right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today, we're going to be talking about five ways to have more focused and get more done. We're going to dig into how to become uh, more focused, a, a focused professional, even if you consider yourself a scattered person or been diagnosed with ADD or OCD or anything like that, uh, ADHD. Uh, why this might be one of the most important skill sets to master to be successful in life. Uh, and the five steps uh, that people like Elon Musk, Sarah Blakely, and the late Steve Jobs used to master their focus. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, uh, if you've gotten any value from these podcasts, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com and grab your pre-sale copy of the shit you don't learn in college book open now. Uh, it'll be an absolute game changer. Everybody who buys the book during the pre-sale launch will get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. One of the trainings is actually something I call my get shit done training, uh, which is our productivity and focus training that corporations pay me $2,000 to go train at their companies. Uh, so you can get that by heading over to sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to check it out now. Now let's get on with the show. All right. So uh, for those of you who didn't know, uh, focus is a serious issue in today's world. Uh, the CDC actually noted that 9.4% of our population in America here uh, has actually been diagnosed with ADHD. That's up from 3% 30 years ago. And our attention span, uh, according, to, according to the CDC as well, over the last 15 years has gone down 50%. In just 15 years, our attention span has gone down 15%. Um, just to give you an idea of how this is affecting us. Now, psychologically, we're not necessarily uh, changing a lot, but our surroundings, our environments, our ecosystem is changing a lot, right? So uh, with phones, with uh, with email, with the internet, with everything like that, with social media, right? So to give you an idea of how bad this is, uh, the average nine to fiver will check their email 30 times every hour, 30 times an hour that you spend checking emails. Now, I don't know what kind of important emails you're getting in, uh, every hour, but they can't be that important that we're checking emails every single hour. Uh, and we will pick up, the average person will pick up their phone 1,500 times in a week, right? Now, the reason that this is happening is because some of these distractions are actually creating psychological dopamine hit loops, uh, which is just as addicting as um, drugs, drugs like cocaine and heroin. It actually creates that, and gambling, it creates that dopamine effect. Um, this is why Vegas uh, is so popular, the bright lights and all the excitement, right? Well, your email and your social media is actually creating that same neurological pattern in your brain. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to being successful, um, you know, one of the things that I tell people is uh, sometimes the skill set, you know, the, the skill set of being a, a great people person or a great salesperson, sometimes 
that actually comes second to just being a productive person. Now, I want you to understand there's a difference between being productive and being busy. Most people are busy, not necessarily productive. If you're checking your email 30 times an hour, you're probably not very productive. You can be incredibly busy and you can feel overwhelmed because you can feel like you have so much stuff going on, but you're not actually producing. You're not actually producing results, right? So when I left Cisco Systems five years ago, uh, I was the second ranked salesperson at Cisco um, and as an in an organization of 1,200. And I was by far the youngest in the top 50 by about 20 years. Uh, and I was also an engineer. I wasn't even a salesperson. And I was the second ranked salesperson in the organization when I left. Now, a big reason for this is not because I was a great salesperson, it was because I was productive. I was very productive and I was very focused. So what I got done in about 35 hours worth of work per week, most people were not getting anywhere near that done in about 60 hours worth of work per week. Now this is you know, a combination of things like Pareto's principle and learning how to keep focused when I was up focusing on things. Um, but what I want you to understand is that Focus, right? Focus is one of the most important things that you can you can learn. When I first quit my job, I quit my job because I realized the one the one resource more important than time, or sorry, I'm ruining that that analogy real quickly. The one resource more important than money was time. And then as I kept working on my business and the business kept growing, I realized the one thing more important than time was focus. Now I would rather, I would rather, as an entrepreneur, I would rather be a hundred percent focused for 40 hours a week then be 50% focused for 80 hours a week. I will get a lot more done if I'm fully focused. And I call this the focus rule of squares, right? So focus, the percentage of focus that you actually have on something results in a squared result in the results or the outcome. Now, for those of you guys who uh, weren't math majors or engineering majors, um, basically think about it like this. If you're 100% focused on something, the result or the outcome that you will get from it will be 100% of the optimum output because 100 squared is 100. Now, 50% focus squared is 25%. So 0.5 times 0.5 equals 0.25, which is 25%. So the lower focus you have, it's actually a squared ruling of the outcome that comes from it. So the less focus you have, significantly less of an outcome you actually get from it. This is a very interesting way to start to think about things, but helps you realize that not being 100% focused can actually result in drastic, uh, drastic results, lowering your outcome, your productivity, and your actual output. So one thing I want you to think about before we dig into uh, the five things to help you become more focused, I want you to realize that... Um, Think about today, right? Think about 2021 uh, and, and today, we have so much more stimulus in our world than we have ever had in 50 years, right? Like think about how much more stimulus we have going on in our world than 50, just 50 years ago, maybe 10, maybe 100, maybe even a thousand times more stimulation, right? With social media and emails and the internet and TV and ads and like all the advertising bombarding me, TikTok, oh my God, IG Reels, what the hell, right? I am being bombarded psycho you know, psychologically with all this stuff, right? But over the last 50 years, has our brains actually changed physiologically at all? No, they haven't even changed over the last 5,000 years. Our brains are physiologically exactly the same as they were 5,000 years ago. But over the last 50 years, we probably have you know, a thousand more times the amount of input and stimulus to this. Right. So what I want you to realize is that it, it is more important than ever for us to take our focus back. Now, some of you guys might be saying, you know, Xander, I was diagnosed with ADHD. I was diagnosed with this, diagnosed with that. 
Um, I'm going to be honest, a high majority of the entrepreneurs that I know were diagnosed with something. They were diagnosed bipolar. They were diagnosed ADHD, right? Because society wants to lump you into a box and tell you that something's wrong with you, that, that something's broken. And the reality, the ability to, to think quickly and move from one thing to another, I personally think is a gift, right? A majority of my friends that are entrepreneurs are ADHD or ADD. Um, you know, I was just interviewing one of my buddies, Ryan Mulvaney, and he was talking about how um, you know, he was, he, he had so much trouble in school. And one of my other uh, interviews, Sam Skelly, she runs a, a $5 million breathwork business. Same thing, right? Like school rejected her because she had ADHD and now she runs a $5 million business changing the world and, and helping people emotionally. Right. Um, but one of our clients, Rusty was the lead singer in a band and he wanted to start a health coaching business. But when he first started working with us, you know, he was like, Xander, I'm a creative, like I have no structure. I'm scatterbrained. I'm, I'm super unfocused. I have ADHD. Right. And when he first started working with us, he he thought he was helpless. And I helped him realize that that belief initially was one of the big problems. Like if you believe that you are helpless, then you are helpless. Right. But if you realize that you can actually change who you are, right, which every single one of us can, we're all born a certain way, but every single one of us can get better at things. Right. And uh, Rusty took that on and he created that belief. He actually created this belief so strongly he got tattoo. He got the tattoo across his forearm focus. Now. Rusty is one of the most focused and structured people that I know because he realized that structure actually created the freedom that he really needed to be uh, to be a health and wellness entrepreneur. Now he travels the U.S. with his wife, running his company out of Airbnbs, um, you know, making money, doing what he loves, and you know, just having the freedom to go wherever the hell he wants and do what he loves. Um, and that's all because he realized he actually could be a really focused person. And this is, you know, not even 12 to 16 months later that he's doing this now. It takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of work. But every single one of us can become focused. We can become more productive. Um, we can do these things. But it's just like a muscle. If you do not put the energy into growing a muscle, building a muscle, if you don't go to the gym, you don't do the bicep curls, your biceps are never going to get bigger, right? So... That being said, let's go ahead and dig into the five major points, the five major points uh, and systems that are going to help you become more focused uh, and get more shit done. So uh, the first thing that I want to share with you, this is from one of my mentors, Craig Valentine, uh, and a lot of people talk about this, but it's time blocking, right? It's very simple, um, but using your calendar, calendar to actually put time blocks on your calendar for when you're doing specific things, right? So if you're in a nine to five, it's it's time blocking certain tasks. Um, one of the most important things that I did when I was in my nine to five and I started to do this was time blocking when I would look at my email so that you're not uh, that you're not um, trying to, to do things while checking email and multitasking. You know, it's been scientifically proven that you cannot multitask. Multitasking is not actually a thing. Your brain can only operate on one thing at a time. And there's actually a lag. There's a, there's a delay in terms of getting up to speed on certain things that you're working on. And it can be anywhere from five minutes to an hour. So think about this, right? If you're checking your email 30 times an hour, but you were also trying to do something else, you're never fully getting in the zone to do that actual thing, right? So you're jumping back and forth between things and your brain is never given the, the ability to optimally operate. So it's operating at like 20, 25% that whole time. Right? All because you're jumping between things. Now, if you simply, all you did was time block when you were checking your emails. Right Now, depending on your job, you might need to do this less or you might do, need to do this more. As a CEO and founder, I check my emails once a day. That's it. I check my emails once a day. That's all I check my emails. Now, if I were an executive admin, I'd probably need to check my emails more often. But it might be three times a day, once in the morning, once in the middle of the day, and once at the end of the day. Right. And I would set 30 minute blocks to check my emails and go through it just in those 30 minute blocks. And outside of those 30 minute blocks, I would not allow myself to check email. There's actually tools for this. Uh, even Gmail itself will allow you to limit when it shows you your, your new emails coming in. 
Um, also, so I did this with social media as well. So I time blocked, you know, I'm an online entrepreneur and I have to be on social media. But when I first started my business, uh, I didn't want social media to take over my life. So I actually set time blocks. Um, I set between seven and eight in the morning and seven and eight at night were the only times that I could go on social media and post and like and engage with, with followers and things like that. I mean, I remember I actually got accountability for that. So I had my accountability partner. I told him his name was Garrick at the time. I said, Garrick, uh, if I, you know, if I go on social media, you see me like something, you see me comment on something outside of these windows, I'll pay you, I'll pay you 20 bucks. Okay. And he caught me once. I liked a post at like 630. And he said, oh, 20 bucks, Xander. And I was like, ha funny, Garrick. He's like, no, seriously, send me the 20 bucks. It's like, oh shit. So I actually had to pay him 20 bucks for going on social media outside of my window. Do you think I did it again? No, I stopped doing it. I made sure that I was only going on social media within those windows, right? So we need to set, the big thing here is we need to set time blocking so that we don't multitask. And then we need to make sure that we stick to those time blocks because if we don't stick to those time blocks, what good are they, right? Now, this is really important. Um, this is really important because especially if you have uh, if you have family or anything like that, you need to communicate your boundaries really strong. And this is really difficult for a lot of people, but learning how to communicate your boundaries. So for example, if you have kids, like, you know, if you have a certain time in the morning that you have to do X, Y, Z, maybe it's your morning routine, or maybe it's your self-development communicating to the kids, like, Hey guys, you know, this is, this is mommy's time or this is daddy's time. Um, and I really need it to be uninterrupted so that I can take care of X, Y, Z. Can you, can you help me, um, you know, take care of that and explain that to your kids. Right. Um, I had to do that with with Maddie. I have a, a my morning time. I keep very sacred because I get my one thing done. And it's super important for me because I have so many people in the business and in life vying for all of our clients vying for my attention throughout the day that when I'm up in the morning and nobody's bothering me because I get up at four in the morning and I have this you know 90 minute window before anybody is anybody else is up and people start bothering me. I keep that time very sacred. And Maddie knows um, you know, if she comes into my office and I basically tell her to go away in, in a nicer way than that, she'll do it. Right. Because it's it's my sacred time right there to make sure that I'm getting shit done in that time block. So time blocking is incredibly important. Now, you want to time block your work, but you also want to time block the other things that are really important as well. So I time block my self-care every week. I time block um, so a lot of my stuff with my relationship with Maddie. So uh, 4 p.m. Friday, 4 p.m. Friday, you will never find me working. You will never find me doing anything else. My phone will be off because I will be on date night with Maddie, period. End of statement. Right. So that time block 4 p.m. Friday onward is me and Maddie time. That is time blocked. That is officially in there. And it happens no matter what. Um, you know, I like I can guarantee right now we don't have kids right now, but I guarantee that we will keep that with kids because we've seen how sacred that can be. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we can't do that with the kids. We will find a way to do it with the kids because it's been so powerful for our relationship to have that non-negotiable time together. Um, so time blocking and setting really strong boundaries for when you can be bothered and when you can't be bothered is incredibly important. All right. The second thing, uh, the second thing is something that I call an inbox. And this really, uh, the, these next two things really help with the time blocking and setting strong boundaries. So the inbox is something that whenever a, a thought or an idea or a to-do, anything comes up that I have to do, one of the biggest things that breaks your time blocks is let's say you're you're in a in a you know a 90-minute window of deep work, you're working, I'm working on the book or I'm working on some content or or planning or project planning or something like that. And, and somebody busts through the door, Maddie busts through the door. She goes, Xander, we need to do X, Y, Z, right? And then I go, oh my God, this is urgent. I need to get it done right now, right? Well, I, I have to stop, my, I have to stop my, my deep work and it breaks it all up. 
And now I've ruined this 90 minute session because if I go do that thing for five minutes, then I come back Well, I'm out of my flow, right? So I have something called an inbox. And basically all this is, it can be digital. So it can be on your laptop or on your phone, or I literally have a physical one here in the office. We're all right on a sticky note, whatever the urgent thing is, and I'll put it in the inbox, right? So that it doesn't get stuck. I don't have to remember it. It's written down and put somewhere so that I can come back to it. Maybe it's, I need to remember to reach out to, to, to Jack to get uh, you know endorsement for the book, or I need to do X, Y, Z, or I need to send this email, or I need to call one of our team members because something's going on. If I'm focusing on that, then I'm not going to be able to get my deep work done. So I need to write it down, either put it in my phone or put it on the laptop or write it down on a sticky note and put it somewhere so it's out of my mind so that I can get back to focusing. Right. The second thing here, which is the third, the third piece uh, that is really important to having more focus is saying no to more. Right. So one of my favorite things that I tell starting entrepreneurs is to become an entrepreneur, you have to be a yes person. You have to say yes to more shit. You have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to face your fears. You have to be willing to go do things that you wouldn't normally do. You have to be willing to say yes. To be a successful entrepreneur, right? To, to become an entrepreneur, you need to be a yes person. To become a successful entrepreneur, you need to be a no person. You need to stay, you need to start saying no to more stuff. You need to say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. Now, the reality is when you're time blocking, you will find very quickly that you initially, when you start time blocking, you will, uh, you will try and put too many things into too small of windows and you'll realize you won't get it done in those windows and you'll need to set more times. So one of the things that I learned is you want to set too much time for less stuff. It gives you some creative time. It gives you some free thinking time time to expand. And in order to do that, you have to say no to more things and only say yes to fewer things that'll really drive you forward. So this is something, you know, this is something that I've had a lot of practice at, but it really comes back to Pareto's principle. Uh, if you have, if you're not familiar with Pareto's principle, it's also known as the 80-20 rule, right? So the 80-20 rule tells you that 80% of the outcome can be produced by 20% of the actions. So one fifth of the actions can produce four fifths of the outcome. Right. And this is what I learned when I was at Cisco. Right. So when I was at Cisco, I held uh, I held the territory of three account managers. OK, now there's one Xander and three territories. But what I did is I found the Pareto's principle. I found the 20 percent of each territory that produced the greatest result. And I could get 80 percent of the outcome, squeeze 80 percent of the juice out of that lemon from each of those territories. Now, think about this. 80 times three is 240. So I averaged 240% of the productivity of most account managers, even though I was only working 20 times three is 60. I was working 60% of the hours that most account managers worked, but I was producing 240% of the results, right? That's the power of saying no to more. So you're only saying yes to the stuff that really, really drives shit forward. And you really need to learn that not all tasks are created equal. Not all tasks are created equal. Not pro all projects are created equal. Not everything in your life that you do is created equal. So you need to find the heaviest weighted things that produce the biggest result. Say yes to those and say no to more of the lower level stuff, right? One of the big things that one of my mentors, Craig Valentine, once told me when I, when I started growing my business, he said, Xander, how many $10 and $20 tasks do you do at home? Like, do you do the laundry? Do you do, do you cook for yourself? Do you do this? Do you do that? And I was like, yeah, I do all those things. And he's like, well, could you hire somebody to you know, pay them 10 bucks to make do meal prep for you and, and do all this stuff. I was like, Oh my God, I, I definitely could. Because at that point, you know, my hourly income, what I was getting paid was, you know, something around a hundred bucks an hour. So why was I spending so much time doing these $10 tasks? Because if I could get those off of my plate, then I could go produce more hundred dollar hour tasks, right. And make more money and help more people. So say more, say no to more. So you can say yes 
uh, to just the really good stuff. That's number three. Number four is what I call managing your downtime. All right. I like to think of I like to think of uh, uh, our bodies and our brains and our physiology uh, like an iPhone. Right. Think of your body like an iPhone battery. Now, what happens when you have that iPhone battery on low power mode? Have you ever had that happen before? On low power mode, it starts to starts to drag. It starts to slow down. Some of your apps stop working. It gets glitchy. The whole time you're freaking out and you have anxiety about whether or not the phone's going to shut down, right? Doesn't this sound like you most of the time? Like most of us are running out, running around on low power mode, right? And the reality is we really need to just put the phone on airplane mode and plug it in the wall and let it be for an hour. And it would come back fully charged and ready to go. We are the same way. Right? Humans are the same way. We need to make sure that we re we're recharging. You need to make sure you're getting enough sleep uh, during, um, you know, during the, the, the nighttime. Uh, you need to make sure you're taking breaks during the day. So I take regular breaks during the day. I'll take, uh, I'll take uh, every hour I actually get up from my desk. I have a standing desk and I make sure I'm oscillating between standing and sitting. Every hour I'll get up and walk around just to move my lymph, uh, my lymphatic system, um, just to get the blood flowing, get my brain going again. So I move every single hour, all right? And then during the day, I take a couple of pit stop breaks. I meditate in the middle of the day. I take a lunch break. Um, I go to the gym. So I actually work for three hours in the morning. Then I go to the gym. Then I work for another couple of hours. Then I then I take lunch and meditate. Then I work for another three hours. Right. So I break up my day multiple times, not just lunch in the middle. Right. Um, so breaking up my day, I take digital detoxes. So Saturdays, most of Saturday, um, I get away from the phone. I get away from the the laptop. I get away from the the um, uh, the TV. A lot of the times, we'll just turn the Wi-Fi off. Um, to make sure that I'm digitally detoxing, to make sure that I'm getting time away to recharge my batteries so that when I do come back to work, I can be at 100%, right? So make sure that you're managing your downtime. And then number five, manage your intake. If you want better focus and you want a better, you want a ability to have more energy and get more shit done, you need to make sure that you're managing your intake, what you're putting into your body, right? Our bodies are like Ferraris right? They're not a Ford Pinto. Our bodies are like Ferraris. Our physiology is like Ferraris. Now, would you put mud into a Ferrari gas tank? Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. When I was, when I was like seven years old, uh, I, was, I was an absolute menace. I lit shit on fire. I broke shit all the time. I, you know, I, I, I pulled the fire alarm at the school. I was that kid, right? Um, but one time, I, I thought it was a hilarious idea to put mud in our neighbor's gas tank, right? Terrible, terrible idea, um, especially because I got caught uh, and I had to pay for all the damage and I got grounded for like three months because of it, right? But I actually learned a really valuable lesson, right? Did that, you know, did that car drive out of that driveway afterwards? No, it did not. It had to get towed out of the driveway and they had to replace the whole gas tank and gas line and everything because I put mud in the gas tank. Now, most of us are putting mud in our gas tank and we're expecting it to run properly. Now, I'm guilty as this of this as everybody else. When I was in a nine to five, I drank two cups of coffee every single day to make it through work. I would have a beer, or a glass of wine at night to get to sleep. I would eat whatever I could because I was so busy. I would, you know, sugar, candy, whatever. I was, I looked fit because I worked out all the time. You know, like I, I, I had muscle. I, I was low fat, low body fat, but like I was psychologically propped up during the day by coffee and to get to sleep at night by alcohol. And the reality is alcohol, though we think it helps us get to sleep, it actually ruins our sleep. So our recovery is actually a lot worse. Now I'm not saying you need to quit alcohol and quit eating shitty food and quit coffee, right? But what I will tell you is you need to start to moderate it or cut it back extremely. Like today, I don't drink any coffee unless I'm on a holiday. I want you to think about that for a second. I don't drink coffee to get energy. I drink coffee because I'm out in Italy or out in Costa Rica and I just wanna have a nice cup of coffee because I love the taste. 
right? I don't drink alcohol to make sure that I can get to bed. I drink alcohol because it's the weekend and I want to have a nice glass of wine with Maddie to enjoy her company and, and just hang out and relax and whatever it might be. But I don't drink it at night to help me get to sleep or to wind down, right? I drink it because I love the taste of wine and I love the taste of tequila, right? From a food standpoint, I make sure that I'm eating things that help replenish my body, high nutrient dense foods, uh, not crap that's processed. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not telling anybody that they have to be you know, plant-based or, or keto or a specific diet, but you do need to figure out what works for you to help keep you focused and keep you knowledgeable and help you run optimally. And I've played around with things for a long time. For me, what I've found right now is being about 90% plant-based and the 10% is like lean organic meats, that works really well for me. And I stay away from processed foods and, and, uh, and high sugar foods and things like that because sugar will peak your energy and then it'll tank it. Same thing with coffee. Caffeine will peak your energy and then tank it. Now, instead of drinking coffee, I drink uh, green tea because caffeine, what most people don't realize is caffeine actually uh, peaks you physiologically. It, it, it energizes your body and it actually has an addictive ten tendency to make you feel happy. It doesn't actually help you focus. Co I'm going to repeat that. Coffee does not actually help you focus. It helps your body have more energy. It, it's, a, it's a vasodilator. Um, and, and it helps you uh, peak your emotions. So it dumps some hormones in your body that makes you feel happy, but it doesn't actually help you focus. Whereas theanine, what's in green tea and matcha, matcha actually helps you psychologically, and it's a lot lower caffeinated um, and won't affect your sleep or anything like that. Um, and then same thing, with, um, same thing with sugar, right? It'll peak you, but then you'll dump off. Now I found as soon as I stopped drinking coffee, I had sustained energy all day long from 4 a.m. when I woke up all the way through the rest of the day. I could work, I could probably work till midnight if I really wanted to because I have so much energy now that I stopped drinking caffeine. I stopped forcing myself to sleep with alcohol and I started eating properly. So those are the five things. If you follow those five things, time blocking, learn how to use an inbox, say no to more, manage your downtime and manage your intake. These are five tools that you can start using today. But again, it's a process of mastery that's going to really allow you to get there. It takes time to implement these things. It takes time to create a habit out of them and it takes time to create them into a lifestyle. Right, but if you start now, just like Rusty, you don't have to get the the word focus tattooed on your forearm. But just like Rusty, a year from now, you could be one of the most focused and productive people that you've ever met. Now that's we all we have for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you've learned here with us. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from any of these podcasts, don't forget don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com and grab your pre-sale copy of the shit you don't learn in college book, which is open now. It's going to be an absolute game changer. Everyone who buys the book during the pre-sale launch will get over $3,000 in bonus training and programs uh, along with our get shit done training, which we go a lot deeper than what we just talked about here. Um, so head on over to sidlickbook.com and check it out now. I'll see you in there. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.